Oconee State Bank is now serving Gwinnett. With the opening of a new commercial loan center, Oconee State Bank is proud to offer businesses in Gwinnett the type of remarkable service owners expect from their local community bank and financial partner. Their commercial bankers, Josh Osborne and Mike Fulton, have a combined 38 years of serving Gwinnett and are ready to help. Learn more about Oconee State Bank, their new Gwinnett Commercial Loan Center, and their mission to create remarkable experiences at OconeeStateBank.com. Member FDIC. Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio inside the Senesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Beyond the Cupola, presented by Oconee State Bank. At Oconee State Bank, experience remarkable. And hello again, everybody, and welcome to Beyond the Cupola, brought to you by Oconee State Bank. We are broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio in the beautiful Sinesto Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. And want to remind our listeners that on this show, we ha- invite guests from Oconee State Bank, their customers, community members, and team members, and they get the chance to talk about uh, valuable insights that drive their success in the bi- business industry, along with their personal stories of success an inspiration, and I have a feeling you're going to be very inspired uh, from today's show. We've got some great guests here in the studio. Uh, joining us is Carrie Bramlett. She, of course, is with Oconee State Bank. Good morning, Carrie. Good morning, or good afternoon, actually, as actually, we do the show. Yes. Although people can listen to the show anytime, so it might be evening where they are. But so anyway, good day altogether. It's a great day altogether, yes. and you brought a very special guest. Damien Godfrey is here, and, and Damien, you're going to be representing Lydia's place. That's right. Which is a, a wonderful organization doing great work. And you yourself, you're a, you're a college student right now at UGA. I am, yeah. I'm a sophomore, a rising sophomore. Rising sophomore, 19 years old? I am. And you said before the show you want to get into what when you graduate? Uh, the goal is to be a biological engineer, but, you know, change, plans change sometimes. So we'll see what happens. If you go through college without changing your major, then you're one of the rare exceptions. <laughs> but you're here representing Lydia's Place, and, uh, and, and this is a very wonderful organization. So Carrie or Damien, I'll let either one of you kind of take the lead here and tell us about Lydia's Place and, and what the organization does. Well, Lydia's Place exists to serve uh, young adults like aging from 14 to 24 who have at any point in their life experienced foster care or homelessness. And some of the things they have been able to accomplish in the last year alone is donate baskets and supplies to over 15 college campuses across the state of Georgia. And the baskets are mostly made by people in the community and include items such as toiletries, beddings, towels, snacks, and gift cards. Often, as well, the baskets themselves include personalized notes to the children to like kind of get a sense of personality with them. They also provide dorm rooms on the UGA campus for students to live in if they at any point experience homelessness or cannot pay for a living, uh, like any kind of living circumstances. And they can stay there for up to two weeks until they help like find a permanent place for them to stay. They also started a f- food and clothing pantry at the Athens Technical College, and they partner with local businesses to recycle laptops for students who need access to kind of technology and media resources. So really to help young adults that have maybe gone through foster care, homelessness, maybe made some poor decisions uh, in that age range that you mentioned, you yourself came up through foster care. So this hit home to you, and you've become a spokesperson for the organization. So talk about how you got involved. So I met the leader of the organization, April Farlow, at a UGA orientation kind of uh, meeting, and 
I was able to like talk to her about like what the organization represented and just voiced how I think I could have a positive impact on it. And from that point forward, I've really just been a liaison to like the students because she handles more of the business side and I'm more of like reaching out and talking to students as well. Also, while sharing my story and being a voice to the community, the Lydia's Place started a scholarship in my name. So I was the first recipient of the annual Damien Godfrey Scholarship. But in the future, it is an annual scholarship. So they're going to award $2,000 to any kid that has experienced a similar background to me. And the application opens, I believe, every summer. Okay, great. Well, Carrie, talk about how Oconee State Bank is involved with Lydia's Place. Well, one of the great things about Oconee State Bank is its commitment to giving back and volunteerism. Uh, I think more and more companies are realizing that altruism is a big factor in positive work cultures, and that definitely coincides with our vision and mission, our our vision um, to be essential to the lives, businesses, and communities we serve, and then, of course, our mission to create remarkable experiences that significantly mark the lives of others. Lydia's Place is definitely significantly marking the lives of others. Uh, April Farlow saw a need, and she worked hard to make sure that that need was fulfilled in the community, so um, definitely very fond of her and the work that she does with Lydia's Place. You were saying before the show when we were talking to you, there's a soft place in your heart for organizations like this. Absolutely. I've had several family members who have experienced. uh, Fortunately, they had the ability to have family members step in when they had foster care needs, but it certainly opened my eyes to the fact that there are not a lot of people that are volunteering to be foster parents anymore. Uh, it, it's it's a difficult thing to get into. Um, there's not a lot of support for it. And then also the realization that most children age out of the foster care system at 18. And I just couldn't imagine being 18 and just, you know, you're on your own kind of thing. So to, to know that she stepped in to fill that need and help people in that situation has certainly uh, gained my you know respect and appreciation for the work that she does. And I'm thinking, Damien, as you go around talking to people about what the organization does, a lot of them probably didn't realize it existed because I'm sure there's a lot of folks out there that could use the help, just don't know where to turn. They Absolutely. almost feel helpless. Yeah, it's definitely uh, a difficult way of like trying to get our voice to be heard and like trying to reach community members because, like you said, a lot of people don't know where to go or where to reach. There's not many programs like ours, and we, since it is a newer program, we haven't necessarily – like. Uh, gotten a lot of exposure and one of the greatest about two years old I understand yeah and one of the greatest ways to actually help the organization is to help spread the word of Lydia's Place also another way that you can get involved and help is go to the website and fill out the uh, there's an interest form and you can serve as a mentor or a volunteer to these young children that need help also we do many like food drives and you can donate or host a drive yourself for school supplies, school supplies, non-perishable food, laptops, toiletries, or just any gent- gently used clothing or anything like that. Gotcha. And and the website that you mentioned, by the way, uh, Lydia's-Place.com. Yeah. And for those that are spelling challenged like myself, Lydia is L-Y-D-I-A-S-Place.com. And, and, and folks may be asking, you know, well, where did the name Lydia come from? Who is Lydia? And I'm looking at the website right now, and uh, uh, this was written by April Farlow. You mentioned April, uh, Damien. She's the founder of the organization, and she wrote that uh, Lydia Height, born in 1891, exemplified our mission. As a single mother, she worked hard and loved beyond her own family. She was once asked, what was it like to live through the Great Depression? 
She thought for a moment and responded, Son, I never knew when it came and I never knew when it went. (laughs) To say she lived modestly is an understatement, but she did not allow her situation to keep her from caring for others. Lydia walked two and a half miles each way to work in a pants factory, then came home and gardened, often selling butter to make ends meet. With her small income, she saved and purchased land, putting one home and then three homes on the property. Here she housed people and families who needed a place to live until they were ready to relaunch. And that's kind of the whole basis behind Lydia's Place now Absolutely. is helping people kind of get back on their feet until they're ready to, 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 to relaunch, as they say here. Uh, Lydia Height is my great-grandmother. And that, again, is from April Farlow, uh, the founder, who, who had a speaking engagement today, so she could not join us, but maybe she can join us on a future show. Hopefully so. She definitely missed being here, but I'm so glad that Damien was able to join us in her place. How has Lydia's place, Damien, impacted your life since you've been involved? I would say it's impacted my life uh, both both financially and like spiritually, mentally. So financially, obviously, I got the scholarship as well as receiving a basket. But I think the greatest impact that it's had on my life is just giving me a voice and like a place to be heard and like make an impact because I think that this is really an underrepresented community and a lot of stigma is placed on foster youth and foster care and it's really hard for people to understand the kind of struggles that these kids go through like I'm going to like list a couple statistics for you one in five kids that ever experience foster care will become homeless after the age of 18 only one half will be employed by the age of 24 and under three percent earn a college degree And this is all like a perpetuating cycle that repeats itself. And that's absolutely staggering. Thinking about like around 600,000 kids in our communities, only 3% of those kids are getting a college degree. Whereas people in normal circumstances, around 40% of kids go to college. For you, I would think it also makes you realize, okay, I'm not alone. This affects a lot of other people. Absolutely. Growing up through the foster home community, I'm sure you'd look around and the person to your left, person to your right, they weren't in foster homes. You were one of the few Mm -hmm. exceptions. Absolutely. You mentioned some stats there. One out of five will become homeless. And you mentioned some other. How did you become the exception to those numbers, Damien? (laughs) I would say my drive... Um, I growing up, you can't like blame the circumstances. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's not your fault. Right. Nine times out of ten, it's not your fault. You didn't do anything, or if not a hundred percent of the time, it's yeah. not your fault. And that's like the hardest thing I think in kids growing up. They see these circumstances and they go through these experiences, and a lot of times it's easy to just kind of fall into this hole and like just let the world deal its cards and lay over and kind of die and for me I was never like that I was always very goal oriented and I saw the future and I saw the potential of like how I could impact the world and so I never wanted to like lay down and I always wanted to fight and push forward and I was very driven in school and very driven throughout my entire career to try to make an impact to better the world yeah and your experience you see things through different set of eyes too right absolutely which you can use to your advantage and not make it a disadvantage but take it to it make it an advantage and the biggest thing i want to do is try to impact the foster care system especially like the way they conduct themselves because it a lot of times they take the humanity out of it which kind of sounds weird because these kids are going to places where they're trying to find safety family and shelter and like they nine uh over 90 percent of foster youth experience some kind of violence whether it's physical or mental and then like i just said one in five become homeless so the main goal of foster care is safety and shelter and we're failing those children because they're becoming homeless and they're uh receiving some kind of violence and also the way they just conduct a lot of things is kind of flawed in my opinion for example like i 
went to around seven different homes and they don't really tell you when you're transitioning from a home to a home it kind of feels like you're getting arrested almost so a police van will show up at like random times with garbage bags and be like all right get all of your things put it in the bag we're leaving and it's really hard as like an eight-year-old to be like why am i like like why is this happening to me and it's also really difficult because it makes you feel like oh i wasn't good enough like they didn't love me do you know what i'm saying right of course and that's another thing that needs to be put back in the system is love like i said it's like they're losing the humanity a lot of these parents are doing it for unfortunately a paycheck i don't know if you understand but you get around $800 a month per kid you house. And so a lot of lower income, less caring parents will foster youth. And that doesn't need to happen. I'm not saying to like improve background checks because they do like very extensive background checks. I'm just saying to like try to find, create a more like love fostering community because that's not what's currently there. Like one of my foster parents, for example, like would lock all of the foster kids in the rooms all day and then at the end of the night, they would unlock the doors, you'd get your food, and then you'd go back in your room. It, like, yeah, It's just a really kind of sad reality that yeah. most people overlook. And we could get into a bunch of questions about that and why does that happen and so forth, but we'll stay with, with the purpose that we're here, and that, of course, is to talk about Lydia's Place and the, and the good work that you do, and, 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 and that's why we want to avoid right. those types of situations for other kids is get them into a, a place. So where is Lydia's Place as far as what you have to offer right now? You mentioned some, some housing on the University of Georgia campus. Right. And the the dorm room is not exclusive to UGA students. If you are in college at all, I believe, and you ever find yourself homeless or nowhere to live, you stay in the Lydia Place Lydia's Place's dorm at UGA mm-hmm. until they find you another place to stay. Where do you see what, – what, what, what are some of the, the – the, uh, near near goals that you want to have in the near future and then maybe what are some of the long-term goals that you guys are hoping to accomplish so some of the goals in the near future would be to of course uh express and like get our mission and word out there and uh impact more people because we have a lot of resources that unfortunately go unused we have a lot of like opportunities that aren't seized and so the more people we touch and the more people that hear the voice will hopefully spread the word to find kids to like you know help (laughs) right right as a woman and a mom Mm -hmm. i mean this has got to be you know heartbreaking to hear some stuff yes yes it's very hard to hear that and i think there's just the unawareness of it really um educating the public on the the crisis in the foster care system and what these kids go through and that there are organizations out there like lydia's place that's committed to helping them and and finding better ways to deal with the situation and open up more opportunities for them as well i know what's got to be difficult is you can't save everybody mm-hmm. but if you can save one person uh i i i can't you know the only way I can relate to this is I helped start a uh, a uh, similar organization for animals for pets. Sure. And uh, and and I was recruiting people to come on our board. And and one woman I remember her saying distinctively, "I don't know if I could do it because I don't feel like we can save every animal, and that would break my heart." And I and I explained, "You're not going to be able to save every animal. It's just not possible. But by you being involved, you might save one or two. And, and, and she got involved, and she's been very grateful ever since. So I know that's very frustrating that you can't do everything for everybody, mm-hmm. but you you know how do you decide who can participate, who can't participate? Are, are there prerequisites to be involved? So to be involved on like the helping side, there's not really any like 
stipulations. You Everybody f- can help, whether it's even if it's just time. I yeah, think. in any capacity, you can help. If like anything, anything helps. Like I said, food, clothes, time. Just even so, even a lot of people will just come by to like give an encouraging word or to be like, hey, I heard you and like what you're doing is great. And that helps just like to be like pushed forward and know what you're doing is making an impact. And then on the receiving side of things, the only prerequisite necessarily is that if you were impacted by homelessness or foster care at any point in your life, which is like that's a pretty basic, I think, requirement. <laughs> How many individuals are you touching now? How many are involved in the program? So. And I'm, I'm not, not on the volunteer side, but on the right the on the receiving end, receiving end. I'm not on the logistics side of things, so I can't really speak to that. I'm not sure how to answer that because I don't know. OK, well, that's where we got to bring April, April. Yes. Yes. on and yes. and hear more about, you know, how many folks are we touching? How many lives are, are we changing mm-hmm. and so forth? Um, you mentioned the baskets earlier and, and, mm-hmm. and the, the, the lightly worn clothes and electronics and things like that obviously if somebody just wants to write a check yeah that also helps a lot (laughs) that that helps that's wonderful um oconee state bank you you talked about you know being involved and supporting this and this just just part of the mission of oconee state bank is, is organizations just like this absolutely absolutely we're committed to helping those organizations in our community that are outreach sources for for people in need well, for Carrie, for those that would like to find out more about Oconee State Bank, I mean, talk about a community bank that really is involved in the community. And I know you're growing, you're coming into Gwinnett County now, and yes. I know that's exciting for everybody there, but you still got those small town values and ethics and morals, and, and you still have that feel. For those that would like to find out more, become a customer of yours. How can they get more information? Well, they can call me directly at 706-769-3311. I am the financial center manager in our Bogart branch. And then we also have our uh, main number, 706-769-6611. That reaches our virtual banking center. Um, We have uh, actual people that will answer your call. Uh, As a community bank, we're very proud of that. You don't just get an answering machine that you wonder if anybody's going to call you back or not. We, We definitely reach out. And we're there for our customers and the people that are in our community. And uh, Damian Gottfried, for those that would like to find out more about Lydia's place, uh, whether they want to volunteer or maybe they need some help and they don't know where to turn to, where can they get more information? The best place would be the website. There's multiple forms that you can fill out, and they'll send direct emails to the board of directors of Lydia's place, as well as there's phone numbers and outreach uh contact information on there and the email and the website address is lydias-place.com great well damien congratulations on you know i mean everything the success the scholarship the <laughs> school thank you so keeping much keeping those grades up so far so good okay we can make could sure. be better but you know it's it can always be better well don't, <laughs> don't make me or carrie come after you <laughs> keep, right. keep those grades up and lead the way i mean you're a trailblazer so continue to do that and lead the way for others and uh and thank you for coming in and sharing your story and talking about lydia's place absolutely my pleasure all right. Well, I want to thank all of our listeners as well for joining us for the show. I want to remind you that you can listen to this episode or any of the other Beyond the Cupola episodes by going to businessradiox.com, select the Gwinnett Studio, and then select Beyond the Cupola. And you'll see all the shows right there underneath episodes and archives. This show is also available on iTunes, so subscribe to Business Radio X on iTunes as well. And we're all over social media. Want to thank our producers, Trey and Nat, for putting us on the air. I'm Mike Salmon. Until next time, this is Beyond the Cupola on Business Radio X.